0: Welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Allie B, and I'm so glad you're back with me for another episode. If this is your first episode, thanks for being here. Welcome. Hope you stick around. (laughs) This week, I'm talking about the Black Agenda with Malijah Garfield, who is the director of the Black Cultural Center at the University of Utah, as well as the host of Let's Talk About It, which is a concept for meaningful group conversations, but with a twist. Before we deep dive into our conversation, though, let's get into this next segment, Rockin' with Bob. Who is Bob? Bob stands for Black-Owned Businesses. And this week's Bob highlight goes to K-Cotton Swabs. K-Cotton Swabs is a company based out of Atlanta, Georgia that provides 100% cotton swabs with a paper stem. You can get these packs of cotton swabs in one pack, two packs, or four packs. And each pack comes with 220 swabs. And everybody needs cotton swabs, right? So head over to kcottonswabs.com. To get some. You can also follow them at kcottonswabs swabs on Instagram, and also you can purchase them from webuyblack.com. You guys know that's like the black Amazon, and you can find them on there as well. So, webuyblack.com or directly from kcottonswabs.com. and that's just the letter k cottonswabs.com. This is one of those things that you can just put on rotation, right? You're gonna always need cotton swabs. So go ahead and plan to purchase them from a Black-owned company so you, too, can be rocking with Bob. Now. All right, y'all. Let's get into the conversation. Let's unpack it. Welcome back to Shades of Brown. Elijah, how you doing?
1: I'm doing excellent. How about yourself?
0: Doing good. Doing good. Thank you so much for being here. Um If you guys uh, find that his name and or voice sounds familiar, it's because he was on earlier this season on my episode called hold on brothers. Um, so, yeah, let's get into this conversation about the Black agenda. But be, wait, before we get there, congratulations. You just, you are now engaged to my good friend and yes. sis, to my good, good, good friend and sis, Alicia. Um, and I had the chance to come out and be at the proposal. And oh, my gosh, it was so beautiful. I'm so happy <laughs> where you are. <all.
1: laughs> Thank you so much. It, it it was it was special. It was nice.
0: It was so incredibly special, y'all. If y'all don't follow me on my personal Instagram page, go to it, Allie underscore Britt, and see the proposal video. It's so cute. like i won't give it away just go see it it's it's adorable like melijah was so well thought out it was planned so beautifully executed perfectly it was just amazing and i don't think i've ever seen i've seen alicia cry one time and that was in prayer so like technically i haven't really seen her cry and that was just oh man (laughs) that was incredible so congrats again
1: (laughs) thank you thank
0: you so yeah let's get into this conversation um While I was out in Salt Lake with you guys celebrating, we had this conversation about, you know, the Black agenda, what that looks like and um, how everyone has different feelings about it. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me because oftentimes when things come out, when organizations come out with these, um, I don't know, massive phrases or catch slogans or um, whatever their thing is, Oftentimes, a lot of us, you know, um, get on board, but oftentimes some of us don't, you know, and we, we say stuff like, well, what is our agenda? And we're just saying stop killing us or we're just saying we want just inequality." equality. But what does that look like? And we need to define it And this, this, this and that, that, that and blah, blah, blah. And, and I agree with that. Right. I think we do need to have very specific action steps when it comes to what we're asking for as a community. Um, But that's tricky, right? That's tricky. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their thing. One thing that, that triggers me when this conversation comes up, because yes, though I do agree, we need very specific actions. It can be a little bit irritating when... When we often hear from our brothers and sisters, we need this and we need that, and that ain't going to cut it. Black Lives Matter ain't going to cut it. CP ain't doing nothing. It sometimes can feel like we are complaining more than we are acting. And what we hear a lot is, oh, we're so divided. We can never get on one accord with one common goal, which there is some truth to that. But I find myself saying, you know, there are so many grassroots organizations, so many nonprofits, so many folks doing the work, you know, and maybe they're not doing exactly what we think they should be doing, but they're doing something. So if everyone who complained about us being divided or everyone who complained about us not doing enough would like actually do something with the organizations who have already been established, we might could be a little bit further. So let's talk about what this agenda thing means. Like what, what is the Black agenda to you? And what, from your perspective, are we asking for?
1: Yeah, so to kind of give some context, yes, uh, we often bring up this question of what is the Black national agenda? Like, what are we all asking for across the country, across state lines, um, and, and across cities? Uh, what What is it that we want? And I, I think as far as in the perspective, we have to understand that's the historical perspective, the only Black big... Um, national convention that was actually proposed for a black agenda was the national black, um, convention or the Gary convention that was held in March of 1972, um, in Gary, Indiana. Um, and the convention gathered, I think it was around 10,000 people. Um, and wow. What I take from this point, and I, I love what they, they stated at this convention was that. The American political system was failing Black Americans, and it is still failing Black Americans. And the only way to address um, this failure is uh, is to transition to independent Black politics, understanding that we must not be under the guise of Republican or Democrat, but really see like what exactly independent to us. What are we trying to project? What do we want out of this country what do we want to get back (laughs) or not not even get back but just what we um what do we want to get that was never given to us
0: yeah yeah (laughs)
1: um and so that convention was held back in 1972 and there hasn't been a nationwide convention since then i mean there's been panel discussions there's been um Smaller just discussions like I know at Revolt, um, they've had a couple discussions yes. uh, with P. Diddy and a couple others, yeah. um, but nothing where it was on a scale of like, look, what are we doing politically to come together? Um, and it wasn't in the mass of 10,000 people. Um, and so, kind of keeping that in mind, um, what I propose that we should do and, and really um, kind of look at us, you made me go back into. Uh, I'm a political science major, but you made me go back. I had to go and research, really, and, and be up with my game. Um, but s- some things in which some people should take it in mind, um, there are organizations today that are actually trying to do some action with, mm. pertaining to a Black agenda. And one organization I would like to kind of highlight is the Black to the Future Action Fund. Mm. Uh, I've never heard and of they that. Have, they have a website. It's, uh, you can go to Black... Uh, to the future.org um, and, and they basically laid it out there. Everything that we should be kind of upholding in our community, um, political issues. If you're voting, what's some issues that we should be really getting behind um, and things of that nature. They also have uh, various points of plans and um, encompasses some other things like the new green deal um, as well as some other proposals that have been shaped Um, to kind of just help us out. Yeah. And I know um, just to kind of give that shout out to them, but they really have just wanted to to get this message of we should be more powerful. Black people should be more powerful economically, more powerful in our democracy, with our families, with our societies, our communities, and our legal system. And really diving into those uh, core aspects of our lives. Um, What does that mean in understanding that? And so I really just want to push that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But today I kind of wanted to have a fun discussion. So I know we were kind of talking about uh, what would reparations look like uh, for the Black community? And I know that has been a kind of a Black agenda item for some time now. Like, what would reparations look like? And kind of for me, what reparations would kind of look like, I know we had kind of a dispute. It was like, I don't know.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But mine's... My my solution to a, uh, the word, it just. Repar-
0: reparations.
1: Reparations, yes, reparations, sorry. Uh, would be a federal tax, cre- uh, tax credit, a federal mm-hmm. tax credit. Um, essentially, I mean, kind of understanding a tax credit, if we, if, just to put in a layman terms, if no one understands a tax credit is reduced the amount of tax you owe, mm-hmm. uh, giving you a dollar for dollar reduction of your tax liability. Um, therefore, if your total tax is like $400 and you claim a $1,000 earned tax credit, mm-hmm. you receive a $600 refund. Um, and some current tax credits that we have that are in our community would be such as the earned income tax credit mm-hmm. or the child tax credit. And so I think that uh, reparations should be a tax credit. Um, and I think kind of mapping it out and going into detail that if we look at the Fair Laborers Act. Mm-hmm. Um, the age in which you can work um, is fourteen, right? So if you have a tax credit starting from when you're fourteen all the way to about seventy-five, mm-hmm. and you kind of position that of I know the going rate of um, of talk as far as on reparations was about a three hundred and was it three hundred seventy-five? I think
0: something like that per person.
1: Something like that, yeah, three hundred some thousand, um, about three hundred something thousand. And so I was proposing, hey, why not make this a tax credit um, from the age that you're 14 all the way to 75, which comes out to about um, roughly about five thousand seven hundred and twenty seven dollars and 20 cents each tax year and what you get back in tax credits. Um, And so it helps us get out of economic situations um, (laughs) that we are usually put into, um, Mm -hmm. not necessarily understanding rather that be the uh taxes or whatnot, but also just other situations in the South. Mm-hmm. And what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I gotta ask you this first. Do you think that like and of course we're we're talking hypotheticals. We're talking what we believe, right? Um would be beneficial to us in the form of reparations. Are you saying this would be the sole form of reparation? Like, like if we got this tax credit that you'd be good if this was the only thing that the government gave back to black Americans. And would this be specifically for black Americans or would it be broader than that?
1: Good questions. Uh, so I, so it wouldn't be the only thing. And I have a couple other things too. Okay. Um, okay. I, I wrote down. Yeah.
0: Cause, cause, cause this is my thing. <laughs> Cause my thing is like a tax credit. What? <laughs> America run, I, run us our coins. You owe us, you know, like we'll get a tax credit. Like that can be the cherry on top, you know, but like run us our coins, run us our land. Like we give it all back, you know? So and of course, for me, I am a big picture person, right? Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: when when I look at problems, when I look at how to resolve problems, I understand that from my perspective, I'm looking at the whole picture and I immediately go to the root of a thing and I'm like, hey, let's blow it all up. Let's dig up the whole tree right now and fix it. I don't care what digging up this tree messes up, but we got to dig it all the way up and get rid of it and plant a new one. <laughs> so I do, I do understand, right, that my views and my thoughts and my ideas can be a little bit radical, right? Okay. But also tax credit for me is like that ain't enough. Good, great idea because it's very specific. You know, it, it's something where we can, you know, carve out like how to what the process would be very easily, right? So I love that. But also there is more.
1: <laughs> yes, and just to kind of address that um, that aspect of yeah, we should be changing everything, burning it down. I'm with you, but I also live by this philosophy and that in order to change the system, you must understand it first. Once you understand the system, you understand, yes, one, it wasn't created for us, mm-hmm. but you can game it. it it's a mm-hmm. system just mm-hmm. like any game, any system you can game it. And so why not work with the system and um, game from your own Profit. Rather be getting tax credits because what billion dollar industries across the country, they bail out the banks, they bail out all these different companies and things in the nature. You got Amazon having um, not paying any taxes or anything. Yeah. Why do we get that? We should be getting a tax break.
0: And, and, and that's what I feel. I Instead of a tax credit, how about every descendant of a slave just don't ever pay taxes again? You know, <laughs> like, 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 hey. This country was built by our ancestors for free. Pay me what you owe me.
1: (laughs) Well, the only reason why I wouldn't say not everyone, um, that we wouldn't all just not pay taxes is because I still would like us locally, especially, I want to support my community. Yeah. And so my taxes goes to schools. My taxes go to these various institutions that can help my overall community grow. Yes. Um, And so I don't necessarily want to say that I'm not contributing to my country. Mm-hmm. um, Or, my I wouldn't even say the country. I mean, to you your know, city, to my city, my local city. I'm yeah. in my city, I'm trying to make a change locally. My taxes help that. Yeah. And so, I I, I, agree I feel. With
0: I, I agree with that.
1: And so, I wouldn't want to necessarily say, no, I don't want to pay taxes. No, nah, I'll pay taxes, but I want some tax credits. I want mm-hmm. to be helped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, some other things that I, I stated that I would like, as far as an education is such a thing of access. Mm -hmm. And so why not provide that to all African-Americans? And by doing that, making all HBCUs free, funded by the federal government, the Department of Education, in which they fund all of our HBCUs and make that so it's not for everybody, but free tuition to African-Americans
0: to attend these
1: That was going <laughs> to gonna be, my, that, that
0: was gonna be my question. <laughs> that was going to be my question because I'm like, all right, well, if you make it free, then a bunch of Europeans going to start going to HBCUs then, you know? So, like, would this be for everybody that goes to HBCU or just for us? So thank you for clarifying that. I think that would be phenomenal, especially considering how up in one, let's go back, especially considering that one, our schools were created for the simple fact that we could not go to anywhere, to any other school. We couldn't go to white mm-hmm. institutions. There was segregation, you know? Um, And now, you know, they're alive and thriving, but not in the way that PWIs are thriving. PWIs predominantly white institutions. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm all for getting more federal funding to our HBCUs, to our, to, to such important parts of our culture and our history. And I am all for free education for Black Americans. I think that would be a phenomenal form of reparation. I think that would be incredible. And also get rid of our student loans.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, and then I would say also that there's a, what is it? A 7.4% disfranchised rate for African-Americans as far as in um, them getting, going to prison and then not getting the right to vote. Hmm. And so what I would propose for all, particularly African-Americans, but I would say anyone really with a felon, is, um, a convicted felon is that they should restore their voting rights. Every convicted felon should be able to right to vote. If you have to pay taxes, Why should your vote, uh, your uh, right to vote be taken away once you go to prison? That's stupid.
0: That, well, <laughs> well it, it, it's stupid, but it's that way on purpose, right? That's the whole point. We don't want, or well, th- this country does not value Black life. Therefore, if we get them in prison, they are now legal slaves again. Therefore, they don't have any valuable contribution to this nation, which means they'll probably end up back in prison, which means they're also, again, a legal slave. Like, that's that's the point. It's interesting because when I moved to Utah, um, I learned that, so I thought all these years that um this was a federal law that no convicted felon could have their voting rights restored i moved mm-hmm. to utah, i moved to utah and found out like oh no i i met someone who had a record and they you know told me their story and they're like yeah i can vote and he told me how you know it was the mormons who helped him out and this was a black man it was mormons who helped him you know get his voting rights restored and i and i it it clicked okay Utah is a white state. They don't mind their feelings having voting rights. <laughs> they,
1: they exactly.
0: They don't mind their uh. they don't mind their convicts coming out and actually reestablishing life as a law abiding citizen. They don't mind that because ain't a bunch of black folks out there. Right. So mm-hmm. it so, so it clicked to me. Oh, this isn't something that's just stupid. This is very strategic and and reiterating and perpetuating the narrative that we are not valuable citizens, right? That that our voice doesn't matter. It's why they suppress our vote so so often and so intensely mm-hmm. because they don't want us speaking up. They tell us our voice doesn't matter, but the truth is they know it does, and that is why they want so badly for us to shut up. So I I'm all with that. But I think I think that I honestly think that just be great in general for every like you said for every convicted felon. Yeah, yeah. If if, yeah, you've, done, exactly. if you've done if you've if if you've done your time, that's the whole point of prison, right? To go and pay your debt to society. If you have paid that debt, then you should be able to come back into society, live and thrive, you know? Um so I'm for that
1: 100%. But see, that's a that's the that's the key though. The key wording is that is prison really for rehabilita- uh, rehabilitation? We know it's is it- not based on the 13th amendment is is for you to be a slave.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's why again, again me big, big big picture person, I am not in agreement with the way this country does prison at all. Throw it all away and let's figure out something else. Let's figure out a way to hold people accountable without bringing them into slavery. Right? Like that is slavery. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I struggle with it all together. And I don't I today don't have the words to articulate what I really want to see when it comes to prison reform. However, I do know what we do have is trash. <laughs>
1: like because it
0: it, it, It's not it's not rehabilitating anybody. It's causing people to come out and to not have any skills. Right. They, they can't blend into society. When they get out, they can't get a house. They can't get in home. They can't rent because they have, you know, Um, They have a record, which means they're probably going to go back to the same neighborhood or same living space they were in when they went to prison, which means they are most likely going to be in the same situation that got them into prison. Um, Mm -hmm. So so it's like we're not really interested in rehabilitating people, right? We're interested in just throwing people away, getting them into this cycle, getting them into the system and using them up right? Using them up because as we know, prison is a billion dollar industry. Like it it makes money. It's a for-profit business, a (laughs) for-profit business. It was never created, not in America. It was never created to hold people accountable and, you know, help them get, become a better person. No, no, never.
1: No, it was to build America. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) (laughs) hello, hello.
0: Hello. Yes. And, and we won't even get on the whole slave catchers and how they transformed into police officers and folks want to want to wonder why we don't, you know, support police in general, not, you know, individuals. Mm-hmm. I know I know some great police officers, but we want but folks act like we're tripping that we don't have this beautiful relationship with police. Uh, hello, because they started as slave catchers. They were never. Exactly. For us. Yeah. But that's that's neither here nor there back
1: to reparations. It, preach it, preach
0: it. <laughs> back to reparations yeah. and the black agenda
1: <laughs> so yes, yes, yes
0: the last time we were talking about this when we were uh when I was out visiting, you mentioned something that really triggered me, and I want you to share I, I want you to share <laughs> your thoughts on this. You were talking about how you you believe there really isn't a way for America to provide reparations to African-Americans, true descendants of slaves without also providing some sort of benefit incentive to other people of color.
1: Yes. So kind of uh, honing in and remembering our conversation, what I was alluding to was stating, hey, um, that into the traditional understanding of what reparations is, Mm -hmm. understanding like we would say, hey, we give you a check and maybe some land. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's the mindset of that today or just the, the environment in which we're in is different. Mm -hmm. Like land is a commodity. I mean, it's a hot commodity, but it is something that is quickly going away Mm -hmm. (laughs) because everyone is buying it up. Mm -hmm. Um, and so understanding that in that perspective first, um, but I would say as far as in paying like money out to African-Americans, that's why I thought of a tax credit because, with paying out money, like what would that? even with the tax credit, with reparations, how did would you define that? Like, what does that mean? Um, does that mean all African Americans, as far as in um, that are just descendants? Does it include uh, first generation Black Americans that are from other countries, or does that include um, other slaves um, that are in other regions, so slaves from the Caribbean or Latin America? Um, does that include like what does that encompass? <laughs> um, and that was my confusion. Like, what does that encompass? Mm-hmm. But also, like, uh, how would we deal with just different, even uh, mixed race African-Americans, mm-hmm. like how the bloodline where we had that one drop rule for so they get, long.
0: If you have black and half white, you just get half.
1: Boom! Boom. That would start up more of an uprising than anything. (laughs) You're like, what? Talk about getting half of money? What you talking about? Nah, that's not gonna happen. No,
0: these. (laughs) I think I think these are super super valid questions. And when this conversation comes up, you know, with our politicians and you know, black girl white, right? I've, I've heard Kamala Harris. Uh, avoid this question. I've heard Joe Biden speak to how this is impossible and and so on and so forth. Even Bernie Sanders, who I love, right? I I am ride or die for Bernie Sanders. I love that man, that old man. I love him. (laughs) Um, But I've heard even him, you know, talk about how this is impossible, right? And for me, I understand that it's very difficult. It's not as easy as cutting a check like they did for the Japanese, right? The numbers are different. The time is different. The culture is different. All things Mm -hmm. defining that are different. I understand that. However, America has a way of figuring everything out we have a way of spending money on what we want to spend money on. We have a way of spending trillions and trillions on unnecessary wars on foreign soil. We ain't got no business over there anyways, but that's another conversation. But my point is, America figures out what it wants to figure out, regardless of how complex it is, regardless of how difficult it is, we figure it out. So when it comes to us, it bothers me that we had this thing like, oh, it's just too difficult to define it. Because even that was intentional. They knew, it was, they knew that you know, destroying our records and that all of what you're talking about, all the nuances you're referring to, they knew that this would make it difficult to one day pay us back, right? And Mm -hmm. this is, it's it's like, this was all the, this was all the plan, but we can figure it out. And for me, like I said, when we were talking earlier, it doesn't have to be a perfect plan, but do something. The idea that we continue to live in this country without getting something in return for all of the trauma, emotional, physical labor, mental issues, like, like, The thought that we just continue to live over here and be okay with not getting anything, it's not okay with me. Figure out something. You did it for the Japanese, you did it for the Jews, you did it for the Native Native Americans. And I'm not saying that what all they got in return was fair, but they got something. So do that for us. Figure out something. Politicians, local uh, people in office, figure out something. It ain't gotta be perfect, but figure it out and run us our coin, period.
1: And I I agree. I agree. I just think I operate more on the aspect of Okay, you can give me a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. but if you can give me a hundred dollars, you can give me the uh, the blueprint to the game mm-hmm. and how to use that hundred dollars so it mm-hmm. can grow to a hundred thousand dollars, so it yeah. can grow to a million dollars. I'd rather do that. Yeah, I don't just need a hundred dollars. And
0: I'm saying, do all of it. <laughs> <laughs> give me the hundred and the blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: understand. I feel it, because- uh, but.
0: Yeah, just just because there will never be regardless of I know there are all kinds of equations and formulas out there that speak to how, you know, the calculation says something about African-Americans in general are old trillions. Right. But there will never mm-hmm. be a number that you could repay African-Americans for the atrocities, the evil that has been done to us. Right. There'll never be a number. So figure So that's it. the
1: thing. If it can never be a number, then, that's why shouldn't we instill other things? So understanding, making HBCUs free, mm-hmm. um, making sure that felons can vote, um, making sure that we end money bail, um, immigration bonds and fees and fines for prison, mm-hmm. making sure that we de- decriminalize marijuana, and also um, making sure that we retroactively um, um, expunge misdemeanors for marijuana charges. Mm-hmm. Um, increasing the minimum wage, uh, universal basic income, universal health care. That stuff impacts me more than you giving me a check. (laughs)
0: Yes, Yes, it does. It does. And I, I am in agreement and would vote for all of those things you mentioned. But again, those things end up affecting everybody. I want something for what my ancestors went through, for what your ancestors went through. And like you said earlier, you know, does it go out to even the Caribbeans who are over here, you know, Black Americans who may be from other areas outside of America, but are also attached to slavery? My answer is yes, it would, because they are Black folks who are connected to slavery and the evil of it. So yes, I'd vote for universal income. Yes, I'd vote for the decriminalization of marijuana, all those things, but also do something that is so specific for us Right, like for us, so all those things and this and that, <laughs> this and yeah. that. So and <laughs> in regards though to so the lump sum, right, um, this idea that you know, black folks are just we, we just want handouts. No, no, we want what is owed right like if you st- if you stole something from me i have the right to demand it that is not asking for a handout that is asking what you stole from me right so that's one that's one point but also when it comes to a lump sum i agree with you that that may not go so far, right? Because the, the second they start handing out checks, they'll decrease the value of the dollar, right?
1: Exactly. The, the second that, to the system. Yeah,
0: they'll, they'll change the system. They'll say, all right, you want millions? You want billions? We'll give you that. But then we'll go to a digital currency or then we'll change, right? Everything about what money is. So I agree with that. I agree with um, understanding the game and figuring out ways for it to benefit us long-term. But also for me, more specifically, is figure out ways that it, affects us specifically and exclusively (laughs) um but yes i just want to say like my mentor in college used to always say this shout out to lakita montague she'd say play the game or get played there are no other options there you go so (laughs) i so i agree with that right i agree with you in that but for me it's like play the game while also creating a new game
1: gotcha yeah so what that's the thing though as far as in the black agenda what is the new game (laughs)
0: <laughs> Blow it all up.
1: <laughs> I feel it. I yeah. feel
0: it. So Killer Mike is like one of our mentors in my mind. I just, I love the way he thinks. I love the way he addresses our Black issues. And I'm all for creating a Black America, you know, like a separate but equal type of thing that is, you know, a bit radical. So, how, how,
1: so in the a little bit of time that we have, how would you define a Black America inside of America? I mean, we had the Civil War and yeah. that didn't work out. Yeah. So how would you? make a? And then on top of that, they tried to do that with the Native Americans and give them sovereign land. But mm-hmm. you see how that worked out. That yeah. was terrible. Yeah. So how would how would they give us sovereign land and say, hey, go ahead and create um, black America? What, what would that look like?
0: I don't even know that it would be us operating on a completely independent system. But I think it for me, it looks like us operating independently within their system. So for me, it's like supporting black owned businesses and pushing that to where we are self sufficient, where we have our own banks, we have our own grocery stores, we have our own schools, our own hospitals, we have everything we need within our community. So no matter what city you're in, you can get every single thing you need on any given day from a black owned business. And our and we're circulating our dollars just like Mexicans do, they live separate separate but equal, right? You know, they they, they are within this system, but they have their they have pockets of neighborhoods all around this country where they are doing business by themselves they, they're they doing everything alone right we, used, we see it with asian communities they are within this system but they live so separately and so outside of this american system right and i feel but the that-
1: thing is with that i don't mean to interrupt you no oh, you're good the thing with especially with like the asian americans was that there was provisions though that were given uh there was things that were made um legally um as far as and yeah uh, it's it's a tricky situation yeah. um i I would love for them to do the same with us, but Mm -hmm. it's just like, what does it
0: look like? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that in the meantime, while we continue figuring out what exactly the Black agenda is and, you know, figuring out methods and strategy to get that, I think we continue to support all of the folks who are already doing the work, whether that's in education, whether that's in media, family, healthcare, care, um, finances, whatever that thing is, that we keep supporting those who are doing something. This idea that we get to sit around and complain until someone has the answer isn't okay you <laughs> Um, We can get behind the Sean Kings. We can get behind the Killer Mikes. We can get behind the, um, is her name, uh, Tamika Mallory. We can get behind Mm -hmm. the, you know, we can get behind the Angela Rise and the Simone Sanders. Even though I I love my girl Simone, but I was a little bit heartbroken when she went to um, the Joe Biden campaign. But even still, she's doing something, right? She's being a voice for us. She's speaking truth to power. So we can get behind all these folks who have organizations who are already doing the work and make your voice heard within that, right? start from the ground up. Let's do something. Everyone's activism looks differently, but I do think that we are all obligated to be active. You know, I think we all have a civil duty. I think we all have a duty to ourselves, to our own community. And I know that, you know, folks uh, don't want to agree with that. You know, a lot of, a lot of black folks, when they come up, you know, they will be like, Hey, I made it out and I'm good. Hey, that's you. God bless you. God bless you. But but as for me and my- thing- about
1: the crazy thing about that, though, is that when we have that message or mentality that we once we get we get rich, we have to leave, that's not what everybody does. The white communities, the Asian communities, the um, Latinx communities, what they do <laughs> is they get rich, and then they bring their entire community, their local community, like, yes. we invest in. We're going to pass it down through our families. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I'm not I'm gonna ju- yeah.
0: And, and I'm not judging people because I do understand that mentality is linked to systemic oppression. I understand that we we had nothing we came now. Our history does not start with slavery, but our history in America starts with slavery. So that is the context of this conversation. And when you think of it from that point of view, we had nothing, right? So this idea that when we do get something, we hold on to it tight. I understand it. I just don't agree with it. And I and I think we do have to, you know, come back and 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 bring up the ones who are behind. I think we are obligated to do that when we are prosperous to be a liberator. My uh my Senior Pastor Dr. Matthew Stevenson. I was listening to a message he, he um, to an old message of his, and he said in so many words, "To be prosperous means you are automatically made to be a liberator." You know, God doesn't bless us just for ourselves; He blesses us so that we can be liberators for our people. And when it comes mm-hmm. to a and, and when it comes to you know a, a racial thing and a cultural thing, if I, a black woman, am offered prosperity. I am obligated to now liberate my people, period, point and blank. I don't got to live with them. I don't got to be in the same city as them. Whatever that looks like is different, right? The Nipsey Hussles stayed in his community. The Jay-Z's and uh, Master P's left their community, but still impact their community. People do it differently. But I do think, though, that we have an obligation to hold our hand out, not a handout, but hold our hand and help them along and help and guide people to liberation, to freedom, economically, spiritually mentally physically emotionally all of it so so yes um i i agree with that 100 percent.
1: yes and like i said there's people doing stuff today though um so like i said just shouting back out like there's the black uh to to the future.org in which they have a whole black agenda with several politicians that are in the senate as well as congress that are working at doing some things pertaining to, on a national level, what are some things that are impacting us, rather that be criminal, um, criminally, rather that be addressing economic, um, environmental racism,
0: Yeah.
1: Um, addressing food deserts, addressing minimum wage and practices, universal health care, all these things that can help us advance. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you for sharing those resources. And also I encourage All who are listening, if you are super passionate about this kind of stuff, consider going into political office. I know a lot of us think that we can have a greater impact outside of politics, um, but we need us inside too. like what we were talking about, play the game while also creating another game on the side. We've got to infiltrate the system. Just this week, Killer Mike, we're we're recording this the week of uh, the 11th of September. Just this week, Killer Mike went and sat with the governor of Georgia, I think his name is Mike Kemp, and he got a lot of backlash for it because the governor of Georgia clearly is a far-right, you know, Trump-loving person. But here's the thing. Killer Mike is a citizen of Atlanta, Georgia. Why would he not sit with the governor? Why would he not take our agenda, you know, his community's agenda to the leader of that state? Why would he not? So we've got to figure out a way to infiltrate the system. So yeah, if you are thinking of a career change or maybe you're still in college, you're going back to college, consider, you know, getting a poli or a criminal justice career, or whatever you can, mm-hmm. but start start running for office, you know, run for a city council, run for uh state office, city office office. Uh, Whatever federal, what do it, you know,
1: and I would say, even if you don't do that, please vote, vote their minimum, if, <laughs> our grandparents, our great grandparents, our ancestors before us did not die, literally die, get shot in the street um for protesting, for marching, for all these different things, all for you to say, i'm not my vote don't count, no, yeah. your vote does count it vote yes. it counts in local. Uh, National. It counts on the state. It, It can change a lot of different things, but you need to be not only be able to vote, but be an educated voter. Yes. Learn about the different things that are going on that are plaguing your community, your local communities, your national, as well as the state level. Understanding what those different things and how it impacts you, and be an educated voter. Don't just vote because you know it's popular or that you're doing things, but be an educated voter. And that'll be my message.
0: One thousand percent. And I do plan on later this season, actually in a few weeks, having an episode about this, particularly to deep dive into the dynamics of the Black voter and why we think the way we think, so I won't get too much into it now, but thank you for saying that. And to all the people who say, yes, my ancestors died for us to vote, but they didn't die for me to vote for a racist. I agree with that. I don't think they died for us to just vote for anybody. They didn't die for us to vote for people like Trump. I agree with you. However, We've got to stop acting like our politicians are pastors and people of the cloth and these perfect people who are going to speak to every single thing we need. They are not. But we've got to do our part, period, because we are Americans. This is our home just as much as anybody else's. We built this ish. So go out and vote. Make your voice heard. Vote and then hold folks accountable. Call your local officials. Write them emails. Write them letters. Blow up their phones. Let them know that you are a citizen. You are a tax-paying, law-abiding citizen and your voice counts it matters make it matter make them appreciate you make them value your voice we we have power we just have to tap into that so yes vote
1: There we go
0: <laughs> all right y'all me and my can talk for for hours but we're, we're gonna we're gonna stop while we're like while we're ahead <laughs> so. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on. I love these kind of conversations. I love the back and forth. Like it just fuels me. It energizes me. <laughs> like I love it. So love it um, you guys follow Melijah. You can share your socials and share what you're working on, your work stuff, out of work stuff. Let's talk about it stuff. Share what share what you got going on.
1: Yes. Um, so if you all do not know, uh, my name is Malijah Garfield. I am the director of the Black Cultural Center at the University of Utah. Uh, we do several things at the university, just making sure that we kind of project um, and making sure that we tackle anti-Blackness, not only at the University of Utah, but in the state of Utah, uh, making sure that we outreach and do that thing. Um, but also, I do a thing called Let's Talk About It, in which we have the art of having meaningful conversations, conversations like this, in which we can all kind of come together and talk about. It doesn't always have to be about uh, what is the latest rapper or what they're doing, um, or, um, a, you know, a Real Housewives of Atlanta, we can talk about things. We can talk about economic wealth. We can talk about what does it mean to be a Black family. We can talk about all these different things. Um, and you can follow us at um, Meaningful Conversations or Meaningful Convo on Instagram. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and it's and it's always a good time. Follow Melijah, He's doing some great work out there in Utah. Um, I appreciate you for coming on. And yeah, we're going to call this episode a wrap. <laughs> Thank you. Y'all, I knew that would be such a great conversation to have with Melijah. I really wanted to just like record our whole conversation we had um, when I was in Utah visiting last week. It was so good. But I was like, you know what? We can have it again on the podcast. <laughs> so thank you again, Melijah, for coming on and sharing your thoughts about the Black Agenda. As he stated, please go follow him um, and all that he's doing Also, please, please, please go follow me at Shades of Brown Podcast on Instagram and also Facebook. And please do me a favor and rate, review and subscribe this podcast, as well as engage with me on social media. Like, share, comment, tag, all those things. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. All right, y'all. Before we go, Black folks, remember you are enough whether this country ever sees our value or not please know you are enough your creation is so divine and i love me some you so until the next episode be healthy be whole be healed